0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to season three of the Link Leadership Podcast. Yes, welcome, welcome. Season three, man, and we're in Chi-Town. Our objective and our aim for this Link Leadership Podcast is to engage, equip, and empower leaders through storytelling. And boy, do we have some stories for you this season.
1: Yes. So listen to Chicago. Yes. So so probably you know this, but Chicago, the the actual city, has about 2.9 million people. Yeah. But the Chicago metro is 9.5 million. A lot of people from yeah. around the world are yeah. here. And the city is divided in 77 different neighborhoods. And each neighborhood has its own culture, its own approach to things, yes. its own viewpoint, politically, culturally. So the men and women that are serving here in Chicago in different pockets yeah. are doing incredible work because it's just its own world here and then we've been exposed to just learning from that so we can't wait for you to listen to all those incredible people that are serving in different capacities and be encouraged by it as you listen to their stories
0: yes i mean we've got a lot of leaders that are serving in hard places and hard communities and i know my faith was stirred and my courage was challenged and so we hope that this season does the same for you Welcome back to the Link Leadership Podcast. My name is Ebenezer and I am joined with our co-host. My name is Dawit
1: Bokri. Welcome back.
0: (laughs) Excited to have you guys here at the Link Leadership Podcast. Our aim is to engage, equip, and empower leaders through storytelling And that's exactly what we'll be doing today. We've got an incredible guest with us. We've got the founder and the executive director of Hey Benji, Barbara Barbara with us. How are you doing?
2: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, It feels good to be in your city. We're in Chicago.
2: Welcome. We're good to have you.
0: (laughs) Now he's ready to check out all the coffee spots in, in the city. Awesome. Well, for those who don't know who you are, Barbara, I'm pretty sure those within the LINK organization here in Chicago have a context for who you are, but for the Greater LINK family, uh, give us a little bit about who you are, your background, your story, uh, before we jump into what you do.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Um. Well, it started in 1984. I was born. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> on a um, cold. <laughs> a cold Chicago <laughs> night. on yeah, <and> a windy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I am the founder and executive director of Hey Benji. I, my background is hospitality. Mm. Um, spent over 10 years in the hotel industry, mm. and I transitioned to nonprofit and children programming in 2019. And man, I have not looked back since, mm. these kids are life changing. Yeah. yeah, everyone that I work with from Um, my current job, and at Hey Benji, when you're in contact with these children, they will change some of everything in you, for the good and for the bad, but, you know, I will never turn my back on them, Mm. and anything that I'm doing for them, so yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: so tell us a little bit about Hey Benji, we were talking before we started recording, and you're doing phenomenal work, and so I want to make sure, before we dive into that... (laughs) Even your backstory of why you started Hey Benji mm-hmm. and what it aims to do working with the kids.
2: Yeah, so I I I came up with Hey Benji um, while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. My son, his name is Benjamin, okay. and that's, that's where the name actually comes from. When I had my son, it was no longer, hey, Barbara, how are you? Everything, anywhere I went, hey, Benji, mm-hmm. hey, Benji. Mm-hmm. So then I'm just like, okay, I'm over that. And... I, I, I'm at home, COVID is happening, Mm. and I see our children struggling. Mm. Now I have a child. Mm. Now I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't want this for my child. Mm. And it sucks seeing these other children Mm. going through this hardship. And I'm like, these children, they need a safe space. They need someone to breathe life into them Mm. and know that they, too, are loved. We care about them. We want you to be all that you can be, yeah. regardless of what it is that you're going through. Yeah. And that's when I decided to create Hey Benji, the nonprofit organization. Yeah. And we provide summer programming for children in underserved neighborhoods. Um, right now, we're based in Inglewood, mm. one of the roughest neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we open our doors to our children, we want to make sure that they have a place to eat. Yeah. Because we know like 98% of the children rely heavily on free meals from school. Yeah. Wow. So here it is, summertime. Wow. Are these kids eating? Where's
0: the food coming? Yeah.
2: yeah. So we want to make sure they have a place to eat, and we're giving them two meals a day and sending them home with shelf-stable boxes of food for the weekend until we see them again mm-hmm. next week. We're also giving them a safe space to go to. Mm. You know, we know a lot of our parents struggling with childcare, and they need to go to work. Mm. Drop them off. Mm. We're going to provide them with enrichments. They're not just sitting here doing nothing and staring at a TV. You're getting enrichments. You're getting music programs. You're learning to cook. You're learning arts and crafts. We're taking them on field trips to see the city of Chicago outside of Inglewood. A lot of the children, they grew up in Inglewood, never been outside of Inglewood. So when they see things like Millennium Park, the fountain, um, Buckingham Fountain and Grant Park, they see the Sears Tower, they're like, what is this place? is your home this is where you live but their family don't have the means and the resources Mm -hmm. to take them Mm -hmm. to see that so we want to be able to provide that for them yeah yeah
0: i love that so as you were sharing your story i'm reminded of this very popular passage of scripture where jesus asked the question who do people say that i am Mm. but I think what people skip over when reading that story is the geographical context in which he asked that question. He takes his disciples to Caesarea Philippi when he asks them that question. Caesarea Philippi is one of the most dangerous parts of town. In fact, the disciples are probably freaking out because they didn't grow up going there. Nobody does ministry there. Nobody Mm -hmm. goes to school there. Nobody plants churches there. Nobody starts nonprofits there, but it's in the middle of one of the most dangerous places where jesus asks the question who do people say that i am and as we notice, it goes on and he you know peter he gets the revelation from god that he's the messiah jesus says and you are peter the rock in which i'll build my church and um i love it he says you know i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail he tells his disciples the gates of hell will not prevail in a city, in a context where it seems like hell is prevailing. Mm, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I just kind of wanted to ask you, because um, we don't see a lot of people. I mean, you having your son and you thinking about him growing up in a safer context, The what most people would say is just move to the suburbs. But yeah. you're like, no, I'm going to stay in the hard place and bring heaven down. What's kind of the inspiration behind that, the heart behind that? To choose the hard places, knowing that God has victory.
2: Oh, that's easy. My my family, Mm. my grandparents. Um, we talked about it earlier. You know, 1971, they moved to Inglewood. They've been there since 1971, and even I was making a push. Mm. Hey, uh, can we get out of here? This (laughs) is. Have y'all not seen where we're at? You know, this isn't the greatest, safest place. But they knew. What it meant to stay there to help the people so okay we're moving now these people are suffering they have no food they have no clothes yeah. no money everyone's struggling yeah. when we were already here mm. we're providing them with this yeah. so why would we leave yeah. Yeah. they already don't have the resources so you want us to take away what we do have to give to them yeah. seeing that just helped me to make the decision nope this is where it's going to happen yeah this is where it's going to take place yeah. We see that they need help. We yeah. know they need help. Yeah. We we know we're in a position to help them, yeah. but instead of helping them, we're just gonna move to a suburb. Yeah. we safer. Mm. Where these people in the suburbs are thriving off of fifty, sixty thousand dollar, you know, income. Yeah. And the community where we're at, they don't have that. Mm. I think I think it's safe to say, let's just stay here right. and serve and minister to the people who mm. who need us. Right. That's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, let me let me ask you this. You've expressed some of the difficult parts of being in Inglewood. Um, you know, the violence, the income, the food uh, scarcity. What what is the toughest part about leadership in the space that you're in? You know, I'm thinking about our audience that's tuning in. Thinking about leaders that god has called leaders that want to go on and do great things for the kingdom um, i think the mark of any good leader is a leader that wants to solve a problem you know that's i mean there will be there would be no need for a leader mm-hmm. if there were no problems right and so but as you've engaged in this journey and as you've started this organization as in you're in the heart of it what has been the toughest part about leadership and how have you managed
2: trying to please everybody When the only person you're supposed to focus on pleasing is God. But you have, you have, you say, okay, I want to give $1,000 to five people, you know? Because God told me to give $1,000 to five people. That is what he said do. So now I have a six person. Well, why don't you split that $1,000 up and give it to 10 people instead of just the five? God didn't tell me to do that. That's a struggle. I'm just like, I want to help more, yeah. but God is telling me to help the five. There's a reason he's telling me to help the five, so I have to do that. If I go against what he tells me to do and break it up and give it to ten, now I'm in trouble. But guess what? You happy, and you don't walked off with your money, but I'm on the back end getting beat up by God. I am pray for two things from God. God's like, no, I'm not giving you that because you didn't do what I told you to do. So that's a struggle. And I think it's, it's even tougher because you work with children. So you have parents. Well, my child didn't get, my child didn't have the opportunity to go. I understand that. But we have rules and regulations in place for a reason. And my heart hurts because you want to be able to give everybody you want to be able to make everybody happy you don't want to see children hurt or sad but at the end of the day it's only about pleasing God yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I think this is <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot to unpack <laughs> um, but I think just one of the things I was just thinking when he said that was um, to please people is one of the greatest challenge we have and as people, one of the struggles that we have is we have the savior complexity, and then not allow Jesus to be the savior mm-hmm. that we trying to be the savior of it. Uh, be to be able to balance through that and try to understand that it is happening and to acknowledge it, and, but also put, you know, just to use God's word and say, you know, God is a God of order, mm-hmm. um, and He has he, he has an ability to deal with things that we cannot. So we not. Yeah, this is amazing insight. When, so I think maybe a follow-up question with that is, when did you start noticing that? I mean, you grew up in church, your family serving the community. So this has been part of your grandparents' life too. Mm-hmm. W- what age or what point of your ministry were you start noticing that and understand that?
2: I was in my 20s. Mm. And it happened because I, I have a very close family. And for some reason, I, I have... Over 50 cousins, first cousins. I kid you not. That's a small. 50, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. 50, and I noticed that, oh, I hope they watch this podcast, but I hope they don't. What I noticed was that regardless of what any of them did, I was always the person that got the talking to. They got that lecture. Oh. I I was always the person. And the first thing out of my mouth, did you say this to such and such? I'm not talking about such and such. I'm talking to you. Wow. Well, you know, they just did the same thing. God's got a calling on you. I'm like, oh. oh here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'm like, here we go. I'm like, how oh, do they get, to get away with everything? But you all, my uncle, my aunt, you know, it's me. I'm like okay, all right, all right, I'm not going to pick on or try to throw anybody else under the bus. Apparently, you see something that I don't see yet, and when I did begin to see it, I noticed, I'm like, I'm not ready, I'm not ready to answer that call. I'm still trying to straddle the fence, like my grandmother would say. Um, But growing up in church, I saw other people straddling the fence. And I seen these people instead of answering their call, I saw them suffer, and I'm just like, um, I think I'm gonna go ahead and just, yeah. you know what, God, <laughs> you got me. Yeah. I, I'm here for you right now. So I don't, I don't want, I don't ever want to be forced to answer the call, and say yes to His will. I don't want that. Yeah. So instead of being forced, it's just hey, all right, you got me. How you doing? Yeah. How can I help you? What you need? <laughs> that's 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 what I'm just going to go with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think, so, as you, it seems like there were people in your life mm-hmm. that says, I see this in you. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. did it in a way that probably was not as comfortable uh, because they were not yelling at anybody else but you. Oh my God. Uh, Can't you see anything in (laughs) them too, you know? Uh, But it seems like they they did that for you. And I think that was a gift, it seems like, because this is what God has been doing in your life at this moment in your ministry. Absolutely. There are people that you look at and say, I see this in you. And what's the reaction like? And how are you managing that tension? Um, oh
2: <laughs> i um i actually i have i have a very close friend her name is Mila and she actually started as my boss um she hired me in the hotel industry and um working with her she she was an individual that pushed me do it go for it I believe in you. What do you need from me? Let me let me work your schedule around so that you can do when I would share with her what I want to do with the ministry. Okay, go ahead. Let me give you this hour to do that. Bless her. So then I've been I've been friends with her since twenty fifteen. And she's now helping me with my organization. And every time she assists me, she's like, I don't know. I'm like "Mm -hmm." Doubting yourself. How, how are you doubting yourself when you didn't doubt me? I'm like, okay, I see what I need to do here. Now the roles are reversed because everything that she saw in me, I see in her when it comes to because her goals was to help build organizations that want to help others. And I'm like, I see it in you. You don't see it in yourself. So what do you need from me? To help you. Oh, I don't need nothing. I'm like, mm, you need something. So then I'll pray with her. Oh, wow. And she's like, thank you. I didn't ask you to do that, but thank you. And then she'll come back the next day. Hey, you know where you were praying and you said this in the prayer? I'm like, yeah. I didn't know I needed that. And I'm like, oh, okay. I said, but I told you from the beginning that supposed to do this you're trying to stay in a hotel it's time to come out of the hotel because this is what this is where you want to be and God is putting you in positions where you were able to go back to school and get your degree to do this service he opened that door for you and you you created a whole program that helped other people it's time to come out of the hotel industry serve like serve God and serve the people and I promise you, all the clarity you need is going to be laid before you. And she's like, okay, I, all right. So she's making a transition out yeah. of that world.
1: This is incredible. Like, just she, she saw something in you. You keep seeing things um, in her. Uh, for, for our audience, those who are probably not familiar with Link, Link's I- intricate part of its calling around the country is to <laughs> not allow leaders in the mission of God not to walk alone mm-hmm. uh, but also for those leaders to be able to develop um scale and the, the necessary discernment to see something in others and if they do to actually verbalize it and yeah. come alongside it and work and encourage now uh, that way we can have leaders you may not be able to lead in places that you're not familiar with or mm-hmm. that you didn't grow up in um but you can actually inspire a leader can be able to do that who can bridge the gap from a different language culture background socioeconomic status um so this is what link does and the, the idea of link is leaders in all communities in all cities around the country how has link been by your side and what did that mean to you and how was that important to the mission of god do we have enough
2: time for that? Because yeah, two hours, <laughs> we could do, do three. <laughs> I can talk about Link all day. When I tell you God answered a prayer, God answered a prayer, and I um I had been fast fasting and uh, praying since January first, and you know, God answers prayers in His time. but Boy, did He answer mine like. Clockwork. It was. I was watching a um Zoom webinar through uh Moody Bible, and Lexi was there. And I was like, I want to see what she has to say. I was about to log off. And Lexi gets up. She's like, Hi, I'm with Link. This is what we do. This is what we offer. This is how we support. Please reach out to me. I'm like, hmm, let me Google Link. Googled it. I was like, hmm. Let me contact Lexi. Yeah. Contacted her. And every since day one where I've been in contact with her, oh my goodness, Lexi is, oh man, I don't want to call her a disciple, but she's, she is, she's something else, mm. and it's like I told her, I have never worked with someone who has spiritually strategized structure in my life. Oh, I like that. I am just like, I am in awe of everything they've laid before me, even with the workbooks. I'm like, I didn't even know I needed this, but I needed this. And it's it's the proper planning, how to properly pray, how to properly present. And with all of that, every time I have a coaching session, I'm just like, oh, I got a coaching session tomorrow. Okay. I'm excited. What are we doing? <laughs> yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. And it never fails. Each session is always leaving me on cloud nine. Mm. Just like, yes, Lord. Boy, you couldn't have answered this prayer fast enough for me. And it is just, it has just been amazing. Um, And you mentioned it before, like knowing that our God is a God of order. Come on now. The blueprint. You guys are helping me with the blueprint. To our nonprofit, the blueprint, the blueprint that is going to have my mission divinely approved for success. I couldn't ask for a better company to work with.
1: Mm. Wow. (laughs) This is amazing. So to just reverse back quickly to you as a person, Mm. what gives you joy? Whether you're in your day off or whether you're working in ministry, what personally brings joy to you? Um, oh, that's a good
2: question. I don't know if. Um, I would say, being able to have the time set aside with my son, that means a lot to me because I never want to get so wrapped up in everything that I am doing, whether it's for, for God, for the organization, for anything. I never wanna get too wrapped up where I'm not giving all the love and attention that I give to everyone else's kid, to my own. Mm. So having the time set aside to, mm. even if we're just going to the playground, you know, going out to dinner together or taking a trip somewhere, mm. that brings me joy because I don't want him to feel neglected. Mm. I, don't wanna, I don't want him to grow up seeing me mm. give that love and attention mm. to other everybody else and not to him. Mm. So having the time to spend time with him, that brings me joy.
0: Mm. I love that. As I'm hearing your story, I'm getting excited because, you know, very—how do I say this? Very rarely do you see people getting excited about the governance piece, (laughs) you know what I mean, or the the planning piece. And it's just like you've got the love part down, the affection part down, you know, you're planted in the city— You've said yes to the hard things, and you also love the administration side of it all. The I love how you said it the the praying, the planning, and the presenting. I love it. I'm an alliterations guy, so those three P's caught my attention. <laughs> <what's> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, but I also love how you just described that you want to make sure that your home is your first ministry, and that you love your son, mm-hmm. um, just as much, if not more than the work that you do. Um, I guess my follow-up question is, as you're raising up your son, Benji, who you've named this organization after, uh, what do you hope to see in him? What leadership qualities do you want to instill in him? And ultimately, in the next generation, because that's who you're working with. Mm-hmm. You're bringing hope to the next generation in a very tough time, in a de- very tough place. Like What, what do you want to see out of this next generation, and, and how are you working towards that?
2: So for me, I think I teach him now, Yeah. you know, if you're going to it's it's great to be kind mm. to someone, mm. but you also need to teach them mm. the importance of being kind to others. Mm. So, yes, you say, oh, it's, let's be kind to you. I'm going to share with you and stuff. Yeah. And if you see someone else not doing that, share with them yeah. the importance of being kind. Right, it's good. like sharing the gospel. Yeah. With other people. Like, it's good that you know it. What's the point of you knowing it if you're not going to share it? So having that skill placed in him is important to me. Mm. Um, and also, you know, just being someone who stands up mm. for others. Uh, speaking your voice. Having your voice heard. Um, not just being loud. Mm. I like you that know, yeah. When you're going to speak, you can speak with authority mm-hmm. and people will listen to right, you. Right. You don't have to be loud, crazy, screaming to make a point. No, let's let's bring it down. I don't remember Jesus yelling at anybody to get his parables across. <laughs> you know, it's That's a right. way to go about talking yeah. to people. Yeah. You know, so when you do that, that will, that will have people listen to you yeah. because you're not talking to them like they're kids. Right. You know, no yeah. one wants to be talked to like they're a child. Yeah. Talk to people how you want them to talk to you. Yeah. You Treat them how you want them to treat you. Yeah,
0: that's good. You know? Yeah.
2: So that's important, not just for him, but even for the children that we serve. That's you know, good. I let them know, hey, you don't want to be treated like that, but just two seconds ago, you did that that's to them.
0: Right. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So what are we going to do about it? Let's change that. Mm. You're right. You're right. Oh, well, I know I'm right, but, <laughs> yeah. You know, we have to change that. You cannot you cannot go through life mm. expecting someone to treat you a certain way when you're not even giving that. That's
0: good, yeah. So
2: that's important, especially as a leader. Mm. Um, it's something that I share with Lexi all the time. Like, I don't want to be that leader where people feel like I'm not supportive, I'm not encouraging, I'm not empowering you yeah, to good. be a leader yourself. That's good. That's not who I want to be. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure that I do everything in my power to make you feel like you're the leader that you need to be.
0: Ah, That's a word that that will preach right there. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Because that's, first of all, I thought about the golden rule, right? Teach others the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And then as you're talking, I'm thinking about what Paul tells Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you for your age, but Mm -hmm. set an example in speech and in deed. Right. Um, And I love it because this is what leadership is all about. Leadership is, Know, I, you know, my mentor told me a long time ago, there's two types of leaders. There are the leaders that lead from a place of position, mm-hmm. and there are leaders that lead from a place of influence. Mm. He, saw, he was sharing with me, you know, be a leader that leads from a place of influence. You don't need a position to lead. Your influence will get you the position, but there's a lot of leaders who are in position that don't have influence Absolutely. with the people that they're leading, right? And what I love about what you're saying is your role as a leader is to, again, have these I-see-in-you moments, Mm -hmm. to empower leaders, Mm -hmm. to identify the gifts, call it out, equip, walk alongside, and empower them to do all that God has called them to do. And that's what you're doing with the kids that you're working with, with your son that you're working with. And I wanted to give you an opportunity for the leader that's tuning in right now (laughs) who's thinking about starting an organization or planting a church or whatever it is, what would be your encouragement to them? know maybe they want to be in the hard places maybe they're called to something else maybe they want to teach you know we've got all sorts of people maybe somebody wants to be a social media influencer uh next gen you know we've got dreamers mm-hmm. that tune in um but they're intimidated they feel maybe afraid can i be a leader you know kind of like what your manager was saying to you you know she saw things in you that mm-hmm. she didn't see in her, like well, what would you say to that leader that needs that encouragement uh to start.
2: Ooh, I would say being a leader, just so you know, is not gonna be easy. Mm. It is not gonna be easy. Um but always keeping my your 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 feelings, keeping mind um your purpose mm. Or what it is that you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it. Yeah. Um, man, mm-hmm. I, I definitely, first and foremost, you are going to have to pray and put God first mm-hmm. because first. without him, you will go down 70 different avenues trying to find what it is you're supposed to be doing, but if you are not listening to the voice of the Lord, yeah. you're going to be lost. Right. Because God will always lead you yeah. and guide you in the direction that you're supposed to be in. Yeah. You will start and say, I'm going to be a social media influencer. But the entire time that you're trying to do that, God is, God is pulling you in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And you don't see it because you're, you're not tapping into what it is he's trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. So you definitely want to make sure you stay prayed up and continue to ask God to lead you and guide you mm. because that's the only way you're going to be able to get through right. any and everything because yeah. I even I had to you know pray and ask God, you know if th- if this is something you want me to do please start opening the doors because yeah. I know it's in my heart to do. Yeah. But if it's not your will just block it. Yeah.
0: That's good. Just block it.
2: Yeah. That's and I good. promise you I'm like okay I'm going to go do this. <laughs> oh, okay, it didn't it didn't get blocked. That's how you know when you're supposed to be doing something. If you're doing something God doesn't want you to do, he's going to block it. He is definitely gonna block it. And you have to take the signs with that Lord Jesus. I don't know why I just came. (laughs) I don't know why this just popped in my head. This is I'm so sorry. This is so random, but terrible. True story. Terrible. But I'm gonna go back to this. I got married September twenty fourteen. I said I'm gonna get on a plane to vegas and get married huh. do you know what happened when i got to the airport a tower the air towers that call the flights in and yeah. tell them where to go caught fire no the, air traffic,
1: control the
2: air traffic control office caught fire oh, wow. every single flight was canceled wow. every single flight was canceled god god was trying to keep me from going to vegas to get married mm. i ain't listen <laughs> When did what i want to do anyway I'm sorry, I'm, getting, I'm going to Vegas. I'm getting married. And I end up end up in Vegas. Mm. I say, Lord, whatever. What happens? Boom, at the courthouse. They're like, man, we're getting ready to close. The paperwork's got to be done. I'm like, we're done here. Here's the paperwork. Child, this man was so drunk, he filled the paperwork out all wrong. Oh, wow. And they were like, sorry, we're closing. You're going to have to come back another day. Wow. But at the time... I was so blind. I was not praying, wasn't talking to God, wasn't asking God. But God knew, you know, He knew to block it, mm. but I ignored it. Mm. And I suffered. Wow. Wow. So, going back to what I said, mm. if you're not sure about something, just pray and ask God to block it. Mm. And He will definitely do that. Mm. But you definitely have to listen to the voice of the Lord when it comes to going down a path of leadership that you want to be in.
0: It's really good yeah well thank you for sharing that, that story <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they they say illustration <laughs> is better than application so <laughs> that illustration yeah. is forever seared I, <laughs> I think about that all the time yeah. I'm
2: like God tried to block this years ago yeah. and I did not listen yeah yeah hey and that's what happens when you don't listen and try to continue to go forcing your way yeah that's right you're gonna suffer yeah. you're definitely gonna
1: suffer. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, we could do this all day long. <laughs> I just got one more question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is your hope, your dream, uh, maybe your desire for the city of Chicago?
2: Oh man, I just my hope and dream is that we're gonna pray because politics is politicking right now, but. Cool. <laughs> My hope and dream is that everybody can get on one accord Mm. and realize that the main focus should be on our children. Mm. We know they're dying. Mm. We know they're suffering from lack of resources. Why are we not focusing on providing
1: for them? Right, right,
2: right. That is what my my prayer and my goal where I want to see Chicago – It's like, let's just all get on one accord. Let's open these schools back up. Let's put the enrichments back in school. Let's put the after school programs, the music classes, dance, put them back in school. We're supposed to help them thrive. Not tear them down and just leave them, You know, let them be. Like, let's get on one accord. And I truly believe if that can happen, every neighborhood in Chicago can thrive. New businesses. You know residents becoming homeowners who've rented all their lives like that's where we should be at with that not fighting over who should be the next mayor not fighting over if we're gonna um, keep the Chicago Bears at the at the stadium like really why is this no
1: it's
2: not important our children are important that's yeah that's the future
1: hey Last one.
2: Okay. (laughs) The last, last one. So you
1: are (laughs) in the middle of one of the most crucial aspects of human life, Mm -hmm. which is developing a child and opening an opportunity. As a leader, what is your greatest fear?
2: Mm. (laughs) My greatest fear for the children or just in general? For the community. For the community. Made me say this. I know you did. (laughs) Okay. So my biggest fear right now for where we're serving um, is that that neighborhood is gentrified. That is my biggest fear. Because instead of helping us fix the problem, you would rather push them out instead of helping. And that's not okay. That's not okay. That's not how you solve a problem. Every, every neighborhood, they're just going to get pushed out. Oh, we don't want to deal with you either. We're going to push them out. So now, where are we getting pushed to? We're going to be in Lake Michigan in a minute because you keep pushing people out instead of helping the situation. Wow. That's my biggest fear, yeah.
1: Hey, something that's been giving me comfort in this Lent season as we prepare to celebrate our Lord's resurrection is Jesus mm-hmm. somehow He's making all things new. Mm. And that gives me so much comfort. Even though we can't see it, we don't understand it. Um, and it's like the idea of Christianity is not for us to avoid fear, yeah. but it's actually to see a Savior greater than our fear, and in him that we find rest. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are things where we can't control. Um, and the stuff that you're talking about is something that is impacting America uh, around the city and state mm-hmm. that's the greatest fear of many leaders who are making a difference in the ground um and in this podcast doesn't have an answer for that <laughs> uh, but we know one thing to be the fact that jesus is making all things new absolutely and uh as people hear jesus and being developed uh, to hear his word and live with him uh even if they get pushed out nothing can separate them from the love of god in christ absolutely. um even though that's not what we wish, we know that the word is making all things new, and you are an incredible person. Thank you. We <laughs> love hearing your story. We love seeing what God is doing in your life, um, but also rest assured that you're not alone. You're not walking alone, and we pray that you will continue to walk along by the side of people. And then, as you continue to do your mission, not only impacting children, but leaders that will be coming out of it that will impact this nature Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. We are truly honored to be able to... How did we do, by the way?
2: You guys did great.
1: (laughs) Hey, we're learning. She is one of the people that will teach us. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this. Know this, Jesus is making all things new. And if you're in Chicago, uh, please contact Link Chicago. um, And Lexi and her staff will connect you to all the leaders that are doing incredible work here in this city. Uh, This is a city... For Jesus, because he is the ultimate solution to it all. And he's making Chicago new somehow because he's an incredible God. We love you. Thank you so much for being part of this. We'll see you next time.